Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a stellar episode of Boom in the Night. I am really tired, so I am overemphasizing my energy, and I hope that it's working. I am your host, Night Tide, along with your host, my boomstick. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're both tired. Unbelievable! <laughs> we're, both, we're both a little beat up right now. Dude. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what's happened. Like I was cool earlier, man, and I don't know. We had like a pretty lit show earlier in the day, and okay. so I think I think you just like I'm 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 like like well, no, what's happened? Like you know what happens? Like you have a pretty good show, yep. you have like a busy show, and like like you start getting the, you get that adrenaline high from it, oh, and yeah. then you start coming off of that dude, and then you just kind of like, like full on oh, crash. Damn. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of that. That's me every night. So I, I, I think that's what I got going on right now. No, it's all good. I will try and feed you my energy since I am sipping suppies. But this is episode 34 of Boob in the Night. Thank you guys for all the support and wonderfulness. Tonight, we have a couple a couple things we can talk about. Um, the first of which is is an interesting point that really has no substance to it at all. But we're going to speculate because, you know, it's fun. Sony has apparently... Conjecture! Yeah. Sony has apparently pulled out of E3 2019. Because <gasps> they didn't want to get it pregnant. They were quick. They were quick fast. It can work. It can work. You just got to be really quick. Don't do it, though. It worked for me for a number of years. Anyway. So oh, Congratulations. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it does work. Um, no, but so Sony pulled out of pulled out of E3 2019, and everybody's freaking out right now. So the 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 there's a couple hot theories that I was surfing around the webs as to when I was trying to gain more information because no one has said anything more than Sony's not there because the only <laughs> information that they have is that yeah. there's a, a manifest of companies that have confirmed and Sony hasn't yet. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's like, uh. Well, no, I thought I thought Sean Layton or whatever that dude's name is. I thought he uh, confirmed that they're not going to be there now. Well, sure, he might have confirmed it, but that, but there's no, there's no, con- there's no reason why. There's no, they have no one supplied a statement as of yet, as of recording this podcast. Sony has not released I, any kind of information that's been like, hey, this is why we're skipping out on E3. I think like if it, if it's what I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure that guy said it's because they don't have any games to show. Yeah. So hang on. Let me let me let me see. You try and pull that up. But the three yeah. theories that are that are running rampant that are right now are one is that E three is kind of in decline because the company that runs E three is is like super money hungry, and every mm-hmm. year they're asking more and more money for space. So it it's like these these companies are like, is it really worth it for me to pay this much money to be part of the show when I can just go do my own show when most of these companies still do their own shows anyway. So let's see. Okay. There's that. That's one um, theory. Yeah. Sony has decided that PlayStation will not be attending E3 in 2019. Uh, here's a quote. As the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for innovative opportunities to engage the community. The company told Game Informer in a statement, PlayStation fans mean the world to us. But we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided not to participate in E3 2019. We're exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community. Why does it sound like they're saying like the same thing four different ways? That's uh, to engage our there. community. Yeah, right. In 2019, can't wait to share our plans with you. 
uh, when asked if Sony would push its event off-site, similar to how EA provides shows adjacent to E3, PlayStation Senior Vice President of Communications, Jennifer Clark, man, how can you fit that on one business card, elaborated further saying, we will not activate or hold a press conference around E3. So, they, yeah, they, they have more or less come out like, we're not doing this, we don't want to do this, so we're not going to do this. Right. They, they basically gave the smoke and mirrors and said, we're not doing it. And they said, but why? They said, cause. Yeah. Well, are you going to do anything around the same time yeah. as E3? Nope. Your mama do. Why? <laughs> cause. You know, like, it's, that's, that's very much it. So, again, three theories. Yeah. Three theories. One, too much money. Uh, the other theories are, are two that they, like you said, they just didn't have any games. Yeah. They straight don't have any well, games I mean, to show because they, they like, showed well, everything at 18. Well, right. I mean, the thing is, their biggest games are Last of Us 2, Days Gone, and I, I know there's another one or two that's all slated early 2019, like pre-E3 2019. Sure. So if all those come out and, you know, Sony blows their wad early on, on so she Q1, mean. Q2 of, of 2019, then what will they have to show then? Yeah, they're, they're I mean, not going to have a ton. Exactly. They can come out and do a bunch of like, we have COD this year because we keep throwing money at it. And we have more Destiny exclusives because we keep throwing money at it. But, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that people are going to be like, okay, neat. And and then and then go on about it, right? Like, so it's it's one of those things that, you know, I, I truly believe that the biggest reason might be that their biggest stuff comes out q1 q2 and then they have nothing left right they're taking the rest of the year off because they're already selling a crap ton of ps4s sure and so and that's that leads us to theory number three which is that sony has already done so well they've already done so well with selling ps4s they've already done so well in 2018 with with completely destroying this year's game lineup with amazing titles and that's yeah. that's both with their own first party oh, 20, exclusive. 2018 belongs to Sony. Oh yeah, I mean, look, God of War, Detroit Become Human, uh, Spider Man, and what else? What else was an exclusive? Uh, was there another one? I think there was. I feel like there was. Maybe it's just that I actually played more of their exclusives in in this year. But I mean, for sure, God of War, Detroit Become Human, and Spider Man. In my head, Spider-Man or God of War is game of the year across the board. Sure. On everything. Right. It, but so then, you, but then you also had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which again, you yep. have a bigger install base on PlayStation. So people are probably going to get these games for their, their and PlayStation. And for COD, yeah. Right. So yeah, so they've got the COD, uh, which is which is really outpacing Battlefield. They had, yeah, Red Dead 2. You got AC Odyssey. You you had, geez, what other what other stuff that they have coming out this year? There's a lot of really a really, really big games that sold it really well this year. Yeah, and all of them were on PlayStation, and only a subset of them were on Xbox. And so you you only have so much that they can do, right? But anyway, so they killed it this year, absolutely killed it this year. The the last theory is that they're just going to take 2019 off, and come out and kill it with the PS5 that they've already said is going to come in 2020. Well, so what I say, what we're going to come back strong heard. in 2020 and we're just going to come out strong and just unleash the PS five and spend all of our, you know, all of our marketing spend really on that and kind of take a powder in 2019. 
Well, I mean, the the thing is too, like I keep I've I've heard a couple rumors now where they might actually tease the PS5 at Gamescom, which is like August yeah. 2019, September mm-hmm. 2019. And you know, a lot of times I think it's around December or something like that, they have their own event. Mm-hmm. Like they have like the the PlayStation event or whatever it is. So I mean, it's one of those things that I can understand why share the floor with everybody else when you literally can dominate by yourself. The I mean, it's like experience. Nint- yeah, it's like Nintendo with the treehouse stuff. Yeah. If if Sony comes out and it's like, hey, we're going to be talking PlayStation stuff for an hour this week, hundreds of thousands of people are going to tune in. Sure. I mean, it it makes a heck of a lot more sense, and then it becomes more about the things that they're doing. And I I kind of really like that too. In the past, whenever there's been console launches or these other things, it's right. It's always about who wins E3, and yeah. and the you know the the business practices are, have have been interesting to watch, but are still dumb, right? It's like yeah. you have Microsoft and and Sony <clears throat> both going back and putting digs at each other, and and you know seeing who's is bigger and all this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And and it happens with all in the course of these couple of days. And really, what ends up happening is we miss out on the rest of what's at the show because we're so busy worrying about who wins it or, or what consoles better or what features were better. So actually these companies taking their own events that they have anyway and using that to unveil their stuff and, and kind of allow them to have all the grandeur that they want to have without having to worry about immediately being compared within the next day to their competitor is probably nice. I could, I could see where that would have its, a certain bit of allure. I, I in in today's in today's information highway, to to put it in in an old, very old term, there's no need for E3 anymore. Like e- it's a series e- of tubes. We, yeah, right. Exactly. Like we E3 still happens almost because of tradition, and it's an easy way to to more or less pin a point in the year where you're going to find out a lot of stuff. Right. So I mean, it's one of those things that. You know, it's almost like the it's almost like the idea of of diamonds being uh, uh, important or expensive. Like diamonds are expensive because the market dictates that they are expensive, not because like their rarity is expensive. Right. So it's one of those things that it's the same with E three. Like E three is important because gamers and and publishers dictate that E three is important. Like Sony and Nintendo, both the, the last handful of Sony now and Nintendo the last handful of years, being like. Yeah, we'll kind of be there, but you know, we're gonna probably do things before or after E3. Like that mm-hmm. that's just the first step in just being like, this isn't as important because one, we have our own free ways of getting information out to our to to all our clients, yeah, to all our mm-hmm. customers. And there's no there's no point. Like we control like with this, we can control the message. We don't have to go against anyone because we are releasing the information at our own speed and at our own time. Right. Well, and plus, then then you don't have to worry about BlizzCon debacles like you know D- Diablo Immortal <laughs> or EA's Command and Conquer Mobile. Uh, yes. Oh God, I still have nightmares. Although they I are remember, remastering uh, uh, the games now, uh, Command and Conquer. Like, are we Lurk. watching a Are we watching a tournament? Why this happens? <laughs> he's he's like, and now he's sitting there and building and putting his vehicles and collecting Tiberium and like what the hell Show are Show Anthem. Yeah, show anthem. Get off the stage. Yeah. Wait, that's Command and Conquer. What did you do? Boo! No, seriously, it, it's. It, I, I think. I think there's a. The. I think the question. I think all three of the theories are valid. Let me say that. Yeah. 
oh, all yeah, three yeah, of the yeah. theories are valid. I think they all actually are are part of the same answer. The big piece of the puzzle, though, that that is kind of the existential problem or the existential change that is causing, I think, a lot of this is the fact that gaming is just a bigger industry than it's ever been. More yeah. people have game consoles. More people are gaming on more devices. And, and it's only becoming more and more and more mainstream to where before you had these events, right? Like you had PAX. PAX was not PAX. It was the Penny Arcade Expo. And like people would call it the Penny Arcade Expo. And it was just this really like fun you know, kind of gamer event and it wasn't super centric and they had a couple. Now you have, and it was like PAX Prime. Now you have PAX East, PAX South, PAX West, PAX Aus, you know, uh, PAX, I think there's a, there's like two or three more smaller events. Then you got E3, you got uh, Gamescom, you've got Tokyo Game Show, you've got the, the what are the ones in well, London? I mean, Xbox literally has this week in Xbox every week. Well, yeah, but like, you got DreamHack, we've got GuardianCon, yeah. we've got, the um i'm trying to think of what are the ones that are in in london i, I want to say like igx but that's not right oh uh insomniac insomnia insomnia. yeah you've got insomnia and and then what other shows do they have like but i mean th think about it. i just rattled off like what over 10 shows god knows how many like dude i mean you rattled off five packs by itself right it, it plus e3 plus gamescom plus tokyo, tokyo game show tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo yeah. Game Show, you, PSX you have, event, XO in Mexico yeah, City was this the, past yeah, weekend. The XO was the thing. You got the PSX event. Plus, you plus you have things that aren't even related, like the the uh, like the the like the Game Developer Expo, like GDX. You've got yeah, um, like other developer conferences that happen around. And the the cool thing is that all of these events are stuff where people feel like they are are not hurting themselves by releasing big announcements and people no. are saving big announcements for each of these shows. Cause they want to show a new trailer or show a new clip or show something about I'm, their games as throughout the year. And more games are releasing throughout the year. It used I'm to be, waiting for the day. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm saying we used to be, we only got really cool new stuff in the fall. Yeah. Like as early as like maybe five or six years ago, we only got really cool stuff in the fall. Maybe we got a couple things early in the year but they were like really off things that were like experimental. Now we yeah. get we get big releases in in late January, February, March. We're starting to see bigger releases uh, up in, until in about summer. June. Yeah, we're yeah. even starting to see big releases come in summer and and you know late July and September and October. Like COD released in October, where it typically releases in November. Yep. <clears throat> then we got Red Dead. We still got Darksiders Three coming. I mean, there are games that just are coming around the around the clock now. So having one big event to rule them all doesn't necessarily make sense because you might have an event that's closer for you to hype your game to your actual release deadline. So yeah. I think, I think that is also part of this equation. It's not, it, it's, it's sure we can have our own show and it's cheaper. Sure. We can get stuff out easier because everybody has the internet. Sure. Live streams are, are huge and influencers are huge, but it's it's also this changing landscape. We just have so many more games, so well, many I mean, more developers. They have, so much they have more the hyper. power now. They have the power now with YouTube, podcasts, everything like that. Hell, if they really wanted to, the point I was going to make earlier, once you turned on your PlayStation or Xbox, all they would have to have is like, would you like to find out what's coming to PlayStation this fall? Would you like to find out what's coming to Xbox this fall? And literally have a five-minute sizzle reel that you could watch, and you would get almost all the information 
and then you immediately go to Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, wherever the hell you want to go to find information about that game. So, I mean, like, well, hell, as much at, as look at as look much at, as like we sorry, go, go ahead, good. No, I was going to say, as much as we enjoy E3 as like video game Christmas, yeah. it's it's kind of like, you know, the, the death of the nuclear family, so to speak, where it's like, <laughs> it's the death of, death of the nuclear family because it's not needed anymore. Like, it, because the definition has changed. Right. So it's one of those things that as time progresses, uh, as uh, and technology progresses, the ways to get out information, the ways to do these things, like E3 is difficult. Like, you have to prepare for this giant stage you have to like you have to pay to send everyone there you have to do this you have to do that you have to get like a sizzle reel you have to get a trailer and instead like you can pop the thing on youtube and it's and it'll get more hits and more eyes on it in probably a day than it would if people actually saw it at e3 and then eventually found it on youtube right so it's it's like the chance of something going viral through twitter reddit etc is is probably a much better investment aka free than it would be if you actually paid all that stuff to be on e3 for free well or you're yeah. you're transferring the the spend that you would spend at e3 just to get it there and to have it up on the stage right with all the production uh, and you can turn that right into google advertisements and facebook advertisements exactly and, and you know promote the promote things on twitter and get probably way more eyes on it yeah and, and exactly get way better conversion on it so that brings us to the question is if e3 is this vulnerable like we're talking about it and it is it, it seems actually a lot more vulnerable than it's ever been yeah oh, where yeah. does that leave these other shows and it feels like these other shows are picking up steam. Well, okay. Well, why is E3 declining? If it's still the biggest of these and the other shows are, are okay. getting bigger, why would, why would E3 fall off? Because, the because E3 is meant as a video. Once again, video game Christmas. E3 is meant as a showcase. E3 is meant as an information dump. Mm -hmm. These other shows aren't, these other shows are celebrating fans, celebrating games that just happens to have information dumps there. So it's one of those things that, you know, PAX is, an, is a celebration of communities coming together for things hmm. that also happens to have booths there. Whereas E3 is a celebration of things after the info dump. Like, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you go to PAX because you want to meet communities. You want to be involved in stuff. Whereas you go to E3 to find things out. Yeah, I mean, that, that actually makes and the, sense. And then the community sense is, is second to that. That, that so it's it's it, sense. Yeah, it's it's flipped the script. Like you know, like I think Pax is smart in that sense, to where it's just like this is a show for the fans. Mm. Where you know, E three is kind of a show for the shareholders. That I like it. I'll run with that. Put it, wrap it in a bow and stamp it. It's Christmas time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with I'm good with this. So so no so guys so that's it. So that's the the big hubbub today around Sony though. That's the the whole big again, existential crisis, everybody's freaking out. And yeah. to me, after having this conversation, it honestly just feels like we're evolving to, to a new age where this, the consumer has more options. And, and that means companies have more options and it's easier for us to get information. So why, why have them wait and, and do all the hubbub for this? It doesn't make any sense. So GG's to Sony for, for kind of leading yeah. that charge, but I guess we'll have well, to see I'm, what they end up doing. Right. Yeah. It's one of these things. They may be like, well, you know, they may be back the next year, but it's also one of those things. 
this could be the change that we've all kind of been assuming would be happening eventually. And now this is just the first step to where, like, you know, one of the biggest showcases is finally like, I mean, for years, like, um, I think it was Console Wars by, um, I forget the guy's name, but I think it's the book Console Wars, maybe where I read it. But it was talking about how, like, you have to own, like, once you get, like, space at E3, like, you're kind of grandfathered into that space as long as you continue to pay for it. Like, you don't have to have a booth there as long as you pay for that space so for years konami had like one of the biggest areas on the showcase floor and they had like one of the most important like traffic areas so of course konami being konami like if they have a metal gear coming out or something mm-hmm. like that um they're gonna want that space and so konami every year more or less paid for it and i think uh, they said like you know every year that konami wasn't there there would just be like giant like boxes like wrapped in black upholstery or just like a giant black curtain hanging over that space because it was it's empty there's nothing there but you need to make it look like there's nothing there so literally like you know that that giant space was paid for yeah that giant space is paid for but since nothing's going to be there they have to hide the fact that nothing's there damn that's a great gig pay us to pay us for a space yeah i mean you're you're literally paying rent for something you're not using because of because of what it is i mean did we start I, a convention I, I, <laughs> not wrong dude let's let's start a convention that's our next that's our next thing the bitten con I mean, but i mean like could you see so like i can see sony at this point like sony's always known for flexing almost more than any other like publisher developer and i don't True. mean that in a bad way i mean well, like yeah, when sony are. does well when sony's doing well sony isn't afraid of going we're doing well um you know they they like to let people know because as much as people it's like i hate when people flex success breeds more success when you talk about it a lot of times because people want to surround themselves with you guessed it successful people Mm -hmm. and success in general so it's it's one of those things that i can see sony totally going why are we like you know um i uh the ceo's name's left my head but, you know, him walking in, he's like, how many PlayStations have we sold? 85 million, sir. Why are we paying for this booth space that we're not going to use this year? Um, Because we might use it next year. Will we need it then? Not really, sir. Everybody's really anticipating the next console. And we can just put that on YouTube as a live show ourselves. And, you know, we have the studios for it. Okay, so why are we paying for this? Um, We're supposed to? That's right. All, all Cancel I can the hear check. Is, yeah, all I can hear is flex on them. Like, yeah, <laughs> flex on them. That's all I can hear in my head right now. But, but no, I mean, so it's one of those things that you know you're doing well. You have the ability to do well on your own. What do you need this third party for? Like, it's it's exactly like. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not bashing E3 here. I love E3. Hell, I want to go to one. I got invited to it, and I wasn't this year. Hella bummed about it. Yeah, but it's one of those things that that it's not needed anymore. Like I I hate to say it, but it's just like it's not. Like you go to E three, like people will go to E three still for the experience. If E three does a, a does a a one eighty and it's like it's for the fans, and and pulls a pax out of their butt, then then yeah, it'll be okay. But if they continue to be like, you know, this is this is a dev conference for but we also well, let the public in like yeah. they're 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 cutting off their nose to spite their face. 
well, it's it's technically been a press conference, right? It's been it's it's traditionally mm. been just a press show. So, in, well, that's what I mean, more or less, for for dead, like you know, people yeah, talking about press their- event. Yeah, I got you. So we'll see, we'll see what uh, we'll see what the future holds for that. But I think that's I think that's where we're gonna leave that, and let's move on into our next topic. So, not gonna lie to you guys, this week has been rather light because no one's decided to poke the bear this week. It's like what? I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to like poke the trolls back, but like. No one got mad about anything this week. It feels like the first yeah. time in a long time no one was like upset about something to give us something to talk about. And so, you know, fun stuff. That being said, there there was an interesting there was an interesting concept that was brought up uh, by by Broman on Twitter uh, about stream coaches. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you brought it up, and I was like. We can talk about that. I, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you lead this one in because I'm, I'm just still kind of laughing about about that. There's, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna let you, I'm just gonna let you go because I've got my own thoughts already. But I'm gonna let you go. All right, kids, sit down. In today's thing, the way that life coaches have permeated our culture into the idea that someone needs to tell you how to live your life when you can't decide how to do it on your own, uh, streaming has now become that because. <laughs> Why figure out success on your own when you feel like somebody can kind of give you the shortcut road to it, even though it's paved with their non-success as well. So, more or less, dude, yeah, okay, so they're selling you a gold ticket, but it turns out it's just tinfoil with with gold magic marker. Um, It's it's one of these things. I don't really understand it, but yeah, stream coaches are now a thing telling you to (laughs) how to stream and things like that. And and more or less, like, I, I, I... I, I can see this working out and I can see people paying buku bucks for it. But the thing is you have guys like me and Knight, you have guys like Professor Broman who are literally giving you this information for free on a weekly basis. All you gotta do is show up and listen. And ask. Hell, all you uh, all you gotta do is ask and 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 we will give it for free. So it's literally one of these things that someone is taking conjecture, their own idea of what streaming is and telling you how to do it. Now, I'm not saying that the information they don't provide is not good information. Hell, some of it's probably really good information. And they may be someone who realizes trends before a lot of people realizes trends. That's all well and fine. But the fact that, like, you know, now their word is going to be treated as gold because they have coach after their name. Hell, I played sports from the time I was four to the time I was 19. I had some a lot of shitty coaches. A lot of them, I wouldn't take their advice for anything. Hell, one of them, I'm not even sure they knew how to wipe their ass, but they could drive a car. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, that's the human condition. So some people may understand something, but that doesn't mean you should take their word as gold and their ideas as, like, permeated fact in the stream world because you don't need to because we're all different. That person may understand what's cool in streaming culture right now, but they don't understand why you're going to fit into what's cool in streaming culture. They're not probably going to take the time. And I'm not saying some won't. Some probably will. But their idea, it seems like the idea of stream coaches, stream meta, is to tell you how streams work. And the thing is, 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 is there a way that they kind of work? Sure. I mean, even Knight can tell you that me and him found way more success because we used to be people who tried to create streaming into what we think it should be. Mm-hmm. But we found way more success when we just decided to go with the flow and let streaming be what it is. Yep. 
And what it is, I can't necessarily tell you because you just go with the flow and you find that wave and you do what you're good at, good at within the red, like relative confines of what works to create success. I know I used a lot of different words right there, but bear with me. It's one of these things that a coach can tell you, and, and one particular coach, I, I saw her post, and, and it was good advice, kind of. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was it was pretty good advice. You know, she was like, build scarcity, stream four days. You know, she said, stream four days a week at max. I disagree with that, but taking time off is extremely important. I stream five to six. I do think you need to create scarcity in your content to an extent. Leave them wanting more is something I feel like actually works in streaming. I think it does, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that's what you need to do. It's up to you because it's going to be different for everyone. There are people I know who I, you know, I get the same viewership as them, but they have way more followers than I do. Why? Because they stream way more hours and I don't want to stream that many hours. I can't stream that many hours. I want to have a life outside of that. That way there's things to talk to you about in the stream. So it's one of those things that these people will, I, I, I feel like these people are going to try to create their own narrative and their own meta to get you convinced that that's how streaming works. And that's not necessarily the case for you, for them, for anyone. And the idea that this might even breed any sort of success, like, can it help you? Sure. No more than your fucking Google search. Like, but <laughs> because it's one of those things, so much information is out there. I have roughly 20 episodes of my podcast at this point. He has, well, God knows how many at this point. A lot. All very long. And we have this. There's, like I said, the bro man. There's dropped frames. There are streaming podcasts out there. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, all you have to do is ask and your question will be answered for free. Hell, if you feel like it, drop a sub. <sighs> If you feel like it, drop a sub. Not going to be mad at you. Drop some bits. Drop some sparks. You know what? If you like your answer, if you want to be part of the community. But it's one of those things that a lot of us just want to help because we've been there. We're still there. We're still grinding. We're still climbing. And the idea that someone can come in, it's just like, you know, for blah, 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 so much down, like I can tell you how to become a success. That's not how it works. That's like thinking shout outs are going to get you partnered. It's not. It might help you find a couple of people here and there. Does it hurt? No. Does it help? Sure. But boom, hype zone. But yeah, not as much as you think it's going to. It's not going to be the thing that changes the tides for you to the point of, of finding success. The most it can do is at least give you a partial outline of what you think might work. Might work. And it's it's so silly to think that now we're, we are to the point where people are going to have to tell people how to find success. Like I everything I say comes with the with more or less the addendum of it worked for me. Might not work for you. I can I can do things and get away with things because I'm handsome. You, you might not be as pretty as I am. You so pretty. you might not be able to. Get, yeah, you might not be able to get away with stuff like like I can. You know, it's it's one of those things like if if you try to emulate me, I, you know, I've been told I, I have a rather quick wit and can be a bit savage at times. If you try to do that, but without the lovability that I think I can bring to the table with that, 
you were going to have a bad time because then you would just seem like a dick. It's one of those things that you have to find you and you can, you can listen to all the advice in the world. But if you try to find, like find a template for which streaming works, you know, what's going to happen. Your content is going to be the exact same as everybody else's. You're not finding you. You're finding what they did. You're doing what they want. You're doing what they say. This this ain't their their channel. You are going to be the goth kids all wearing the same thing, talking about being unique. Congratulations on your My Chemical Romance t-shirt. You absolute badass. And Boom can be your stream coach for the low price of the your firstborn. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. No, so I I think you're 100 percent on the on the on the on the money with it. I think there's there's two things that I have to give to that. One, there's there's just like there's changes that are happening within the industry that we talked about with E3. There's the same things happening with streaming. Streaming in of itself has become a thing. It's not just this. Also, hobby, don't give me your kids. I don't want them. Yeah, it, it, it's not just your hobby niche thing anymore. It's no. a mainstream thing. There are people that are are making legitimate money in content creation more often. And there are more ways that, that than ever to support content creators and more people are willing to support content creators. People are cutting the cable and going with Netflix and, and streaming as their main forms of entertainment. There's, there's a lot of shifts that are happening. So as those things happen, you're going to then have a, a, a change in the overall kind of opportunities that are quote unquote available within this space. And like you said, there might be some legitimate stream coaches out there that, that yeah. have the success that have the and chance meanwhile. to be able to, to help you. But there's going to be just as many people out there that are going to be giving you the same advice that we would, or that anyone would that's there to look out for their community and look out for the, the medium as a whole. I'm going to give you a straight answer for free, just for being there and asking a question because that's, well, we do. That's that's part of what we feel lends itself to our success is being open and honest with you about what whatever it is that we're experiencing at any given time around the topic, right? Yep. Our, it, that's that's part of what we do. That's part that's of what part I think of community. Works. That is community. You know, if you're just starting out and you're struggling, the the hardest thing to do is to get out of your own comfort zone and ask questions. But if you do you're going to be rewarded with a lot of people that actually give a damn and want to help you and see you be successful. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to like spend a million hours in your chat and, and do all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean that I won't be a mentor to you. And if you have questions and you send me a DM, I'll take the time to answer. If you want me to look at five minutes of a VOD and tell me what, you know, what you think I could you help you to improve. I'm happy to do that. Th those are the types of things that, that people have been doing for other yep. people for a long time. It's just now that, that the entire medium is growing, that there's this, this setup for success, people are seeing opportunity. You know, I mean, yeah. we've had community managers for a long time that will do things like run people's social media accounts and, and help them to interface with companies and do all that kind of stuff. And I don't know what those relationships are like, but in a lot of ways, they're bringing value. Not having to manage social in that kind of way in terms of like promotional tweets and, and, and timings and all that kind of stuff. That's a huge relief as a content creator to not have to manage that, you know, having people that are advocating for you that might have connections within various brands that you want to work with that make starting those conversations a lot easier. That has value. 
But if you're going to you're going to pay somebody just to give you the basic setup on streaming because you feel like it's going to give you a leg up, I mean, you know, kudos to you. People get a are, Twitter. That'll be 10 yeah, bucks. People are going to people are going to pay people are going to pay for anything, right? If they got enough money, but at the same time that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to. And and just like anybody else, if you're tenacious or if you're savvy enough, you're going to find resources like Bitten, like the, you know, like my Tide Talk, like Booms, Boomstick Podcast, like the Broman Podcast, like the Besiege Podcast, like the ICT Podcast, all of these different resources of people that want to just help you. So I, I think the idea of a stream coach isn't a bad thing. I think depending on what the monetization model is that people are trying to get out of said stream coach, I think is interesting. I would, I would definitely be intrigued to go and take a little bit more look like into what these people are said offering and what they are trying to charge for, for said experience or for said, uh, coaching, because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting idea as I'm, as I'm kind of laughing as I'm saying it out loud because you know, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny. Although to play devil's advocate to myself, when you are brand new, when you are brand new to streaming and all you know how to do is hit the go live button, it certainly helps and where it would help if there were designated people that you could turn to, to have that, that you, that you knew about, right? Like it would almost be cool if the platform provided those type of people, not necessarily in a paid position by a person, but like have a, a resource where it's like, Hey, I'm new. I don't know what to do. How do I get into streaming on this platform and have them be able to like send you an email or send you a DM and, and have you, you know, send them back a, a packet of information or something, you know, those, those types of things. Right. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking through that. Maybe those are things that the platforms can pick up and, and the platform yeah. can pay people to do as a service to well, I mean, encourage people to stream. Those would be cool, but I don't necessarily yeah. think that it, it would be worth it for someone to, have to pay somebody just to do something so nominal as to to coach them you know at the end of the day my my idea is i can crack jokes i can do this i can do that if someone wants to pay someone for information on streaming and how to create a successful stream that is none of my business right it's your money spend your money the way you want M you know what and stream coaches make your paper get that bread ain't ain't my problem ain't my business but my thing is, you don't want to be like everyone else. You want to be you. That's what's going to separate you. I can tell you what mic to get. I can tell you what green screen to get. Elgato, I got a link. I can tell you what chair to get. I got a link. <coughs> Make that paper, but at baby. The end, but at the end of the day, it's not, going to, it's not going to matter if you have the best mic, if you have the best chair, the best camera, or anything like that. It's your ass in the seat. It's your voice on the mic. That's got to be what gets people in the door. That's going to be the difference. It's not going to be what how you do it. it it's it's going to be what you put into the world. It's not how you do it. It's what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Like, they can't tell you how to be you and how to be unique. They can tell you the information they know. Like, it's good to post something at 9 a.m. Because, like, you'll get more feedback on it. Brilliant. Awesome. Thanks. You know, like, that. that's good info. But is that really going to put people's asses in the seats? Not as much as you probably think it is. Getting out there, being a part of a community more than anything, 
is your best shot. Getting your mom to watch it, getting your friends to watch your stream. The old way is still probably the best way. Grinding it out because you enjoy it, because it's a hobby you love to do. And like the little side information you may pick up is where is, is can make a difference in the long run. But it's not going to be the thing that makes you successful. It's not going to be the thing that creates your channel. You are like, that's the thing we're trying to get across to so many people is that at the end of the day, we're all just people talking into a mic. We don't have a secret. I mean, some of us may get help from platforms and stuff like that more than others, not neither of us, but it's one of those things that those are a very, very select few lucky bastards. Right. You have to do it on your own. Like but you have to realize that, you know, you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. You do. But one of the things that you figure out is who you can trust. And that's that where, and, and that's where having, having multiple I know, I, I know you're saying like you have to be self-made first and you have well, to I have mean, that tenacity and, you, and have the can, onus on yourself to make you successful. Oh yeah. Well, you can talk to me about astrophysics <laughs> all day. And while I understand the base concepts, Sure, I can understand astrophysics and, right. and and physics in general. Am I going to do the math? Hell no, because I don't know how to. I'll have to learn that on my own. Right. There's there's After pieces that you're going to have to learn, but in in the sense of in the sense of of coaches or, or things like that, if you're really looking for help, we've already talked to you about. We've we've already mentioned right that there's resources that are available for free. There's re, there's resources that are available to you if you're just willing to ask. And there are people that are willing to help you if you're just willing to ask. What I can, what I can tell you though is, is even within the, even within the the space of people that are willing to give you advice, and they're willing to answer your questions. And and this goes as far as coaches too, right? Like I think I think Broman's advice around the whole coaches things was, hey, if you want to hire a coach, that's fine, but do your yep. research into them, do your research into their success because yeah. their level of success is probably going to be you know your level of success with them, and make sure that they have your best interest at heart and and help you want to help you with your content and all those types of, of different things. My advice is along the same the same lines, but but more in the sense of. Make sure that you you feel like you're getting good advice from people when you ask. You know, yeah. you could you can go ask anybody and they're going to tell you something. You know, like we we have a, we all have opinions. But if you ask like if I ask Boom right now, "Hey Boom, uh is it a is it a good idea for me to add a bot whisper when it's my first time in your channel?" Go for it. Also call them out a lurk. Right. And and then someone like me would say no, don't do that because people just want to come in and casually check you out and you don't exactly. want to harass them when they're in your channel. You're going to get two different answers. Which one makes more sense to you? Think about your own experience. Well, if I'm a viewer, well, maybe I don't necessarily have a problem with getting whispered by a bot, but maybe I do have a problem with all of a sudden getting getting called out like, yo, Nighttide, what up? I'm like, I didn't say anything. Like, I just, nope. I just want to come in and, and watch Peace. my TV show. Right? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't sign up for this. And yeah. then you're and you're like cornered, right? Like you don't want to do it. No one likes to feel that way. Everybody wants to just be able to participate. But it's it's those types of pieces of advice, right? Who are you getting this information from? Is a serious, freaking important thing. It's really, really important that you understand who it is that you're asking and and whether or not that they have those types of chops. I mean. Those are super important things. We we have developed relations. Boom and I have developed relationships with people 
you know, throughout our course of streaming, especially on Mixer, I feel like it's accelerated since we've been on Mixer, have developed really good relationships with people that, that have offered us really good advice. And we know that these are people that are successful and know how to be successful. And when they give us advice, we listen and we evaluate and we look at it. Whereas there's other people that shout into the void on Twitter that are, are spouting out advice every day and Boom and I look at it and go, <laughs> okay, you do you, boo-boo. Like, because it, it's, not, it's not something that in our experience we found valuable or reliable, right? But it's somebody that's, that's grandstanding because they want attention uh, and they're, they're trying to make a name for okay. themselves by just putting stuff out there. So just point is, be careful at who it is that you listen to. And if you're going to, again, go ahead with the coach, go for it. But make sure you do your research into that person and make sure that their, their advice is worth your cash. Okay, so my thing is to, like, one of the things that got this conversation started was said person who, who, who has, you know, or who is a self-proclaimed stream coach. Okay. That person has roughly a, a little over 11,000 Twitter followers. Not bad. I know, I know someone who, you know, I know people who have way more who aren't self-proclaimed stream coaches and they have 8,000 and some Twitter or Twitch followers. Cool. Cool. You know, so that, that, so you're basing, you're basing that success and that idea of coaching off of someone who has, comparably mild success at, at best. So it's one, and, and I'm not trying to make fun of the person, you oh. know, if bro man, like, like bro man's point, like if, if you were seeing that their credentials are, they have eight to 10,000 followers, then they know the success of someone who has eight to 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the success of someone who has 20,000, 30,000. 50,000, 75,000, 100,000, 600,000. They don't understand that success. So them trying to get past that point, I don't know if this person has sponsors. Do they know how to talk to sponsors? Do they know how to get sponsorships? I'm not I'm not pr proclaiming that they don't. I'm just wondering, do they? Do they know how to get you there? Do they can they teach you how to, like I do think that's an important lesson is is teaching people how to approach companies and stuff like that understanding that you know if you approach company and be like give me stuff it's not going to work it never works don't do that that's kind of scummy but it's one of those things do they know that too you know it's you you have to under you have to understand their idea of success is their own subjective relative term of what success for them is maybe a completely different thing for you me and zay were talking about this the other day the problem with streaming now in terms of success is success is that Ninja is literally the worst thing. Ninja success is literally the best thing and worst thing that's ever happened to streaming. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing because we all see the heights and higher of which streaming can take us now and get you on freaking Ellen by that's insane. It's nutty. It can, it can, it can get you streaming with Drake, but everybody thinks that's success now. Success to me as a full-time content creator is paying my bills, getting health insurance, making my car payment, getting food on the table. That that is what allows me to do it. Trust me, do I do do I want all the all the 
like bells and whistles and do I want to be able to go buy a Mercedes? Sure. Is that down the road one day? Let's hope. I, I, I would I would love to be at that point. Right. But you have to understand what success is for you. And chances are a coach isn't necessarily going to understand that unless you completely lay it out on the line. And chances are, if you're still just a hobbyist streamer, you don't know what success is as a streamer because you haven't had it yet. And so the thing is, your opinion of what streaming is changes so frequently as you continue to grow. The things me and him thought we would would, would care and love and do all the time, he, his stream was going to become a Mass Effect Andromeda stream. My stream was going to become a Persona 5 stream. Yeah, those those dreams died real fast. Those dreams died real fast because the 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 reality of what streaming was to us and what we wanted to do changed. Yep. And we and we changed as people. Well, and and the the platforms changed. I mean, Twitch yes. has changed, Mixer's changed. I mean, Mixer just released season 2 a couple weeks ago. And and within those 2 weeks, we went from we went from content creators that were that were and I don't want to say starved, but definitely did not have comparable monetization fe you know, features, right? And so as partner content creators or, or someone like you who's a full-time content creator trying to pay your bills, trying to trying to just get that base success, right? That base base measure of success where I am supporting myself with with my my job, with my stream. That's that's to me my, my base level of success. It was really hard to do that on Mixer. Well, just in the past couple weeks, Mixer now has this whole new this whole new uh, Spark patronage program that is just rolled out in its initial phase, and there's additional levels coming to it with embers, and it's continuing to evolve. You know, into week three, it's it's already evolving, and I mean, heck, you you and I both what we we both hit max tier the first week, and we both yep. hit the 1.25 million tier the second week, right? Yep. Yeah, six hundred and thirty-five dollars in two weeks. That more than doubled my last sub payment, your payment for subs. That's crazy to me. The, the things that change so fast and, and those things don't just change because, okay, well now my money, but it's, it's, well, okay, so what do I focus on now? Where before it was, it, it may have been, you know, a little bit more about the game and all this kind of stuff. Maybe there's going to be a resurgence of interactive and, and what mixed play means and, and how we craft and engage our, our audiences and our communities with things like the mixer skills and the mixed play boards and stuff like we used to do back when we were working on becoming partners and having crazy fun buttons and all those kinds of scenes and, and, and stuff like that because that's maybe that's what, what then becomes the new hype again. But again, if you, if you are somebody that's not on top of all those changes... And if you're not in all those changes, if you haven't experienced those things, it's going to be really hard to help other people with that. I mean, no one on Mixer right now knows what to do with this whole Spark patronage thing other than just say thank you every time that the community you know supports you with it because yeah. it's, it's so new. It's so new and it keeps changing. So there's no there's no science to it. How how can we coach each other through it? I don't know. But I, I would say, and again, you, you said it earlier, you know, if you want to get a coach, that's great. That's your own sauce, you know, your, your own, your own paper, you can spend it however you want. But this is where I think the concept of, of streaming as a community and having, and having a good network of people 
around you that you can talk to and have sounding boards and, and discuss things and be a part of discussions and be a part of content like this that we create and that Broman creates and that Tim creates and, and you know, Mold creates and everybody creates to try and give their own perspective and to help you understand these things is ultimately your best possible solution, not just because it saves you money, but because you're getting so much more information from so many different people about the same topic that allows you to make the best decision for you with as much information as possible instead of relying on somebody because it's just like in, it's just like in, we, we relate it to business because that's what we know. I work for a software development company and, and this is not unique to software development, but a lot of companies have consultant syndrome where you have amazing people that are already hired at your company that have solutions to problems and you won't listen to them or they'll bring yeah. things up and they'll say, Hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we could just do this, it would fix things. And the company's like, you know, yeah, that's a good idea, but you know, go, go back to working on your project. But they have to still have this problem. And so then they go and they say, Hey, consulting firm, we have this problem, help us. And that consultant comes in and evaluates the, evaluates the problem and says, you know what? You should do this. The same exact solution that you offered probably a month or two ago. And they're getting paid lots of cheese to do that. But because they're paying them cheese to do that, they're going to take that advice. Yep. They're going to take it and they're going to implement it because they paid for it. And so the, the, the other part about you inter, inter, entering in a transactional relationship with someone like a coach is, is you are, are setting yourself up to not necessarily be obligated to take their advice, but you're setting yourself up to be more susceptible to listen to this person yeah. as opposed to absorbing as much information as you can. Well, I'm paying them. Obviously they know what they're talking about. Right. They're supposed to be the expert. I, I should listen to them regardless. And like boom. And I said, if there's one thing that we've learned over time, it's that things change and you have to evolve and adapt your content. That was actually a really good example. I completely forgot about that. I'm such a mass effect nut and Andromeda came out and I was like, I'm going to be streaming this yeah. till the end of time. I didn't even stream it a week, a month. You, you had persona five. You're like, I'm going to stream persona five, a crap ton. It's going to be a great game. And then they came out and said, you can't stream this past a certain point. <laughs> and everybody was like, well, screw this. Yep. What's the point? If I can't show the end, well, what the hell? Exactly. Like, okay, well, then it changes. You know, what do you do from there? You, you go with the flow. You, you continue to work, and you continue to grind, and you continue to do the things. So I don't know. Stream coaches could be an interesting segment that builds within the respective industry, but it could also just be one more thing that adds noise where – you already have a ton of information around you or you have all the tools that you need already. You just need to know how to ask. No, no. That's all I got. It's, 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 I mean, that just goes to show like the way we were talking about E3 evolving streaming. Streaming is now at that point where people are so hungry for like success, ninja success, because we all know that's the way everybody, when everybody sees big success in streaming now, we, everyone sees ninja. Like, let's not pretend that we don't because everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to stream with the rapper. Everybody wants to, you know, be on Ellen. Everybody wants this. They want that. They want to wear Louis Vuitton shoes, um, especially the younger kids. So it's Mother one of those things that. 
So it's, I mean, it's just one of those things that now, like, there are going to be people where it's just like, you know, I can teach you how to get that. And so it's, it's an evolving thing. Like we are in a, we are in a brave new world where people so are going to be so hungry for success. They're going to be paying people for information. That's just free. Mm -hmm. It's like, the, it's like the library, you know, <laughs> why buy books and you can go to the library. Exactly. I mean, the information's there if you want it. Because you just I got to drive it. to the library. Pretty much. I mean, like, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, you have to put the work in to, to figuring out yourself. And and some people won't want to do that. I mean, that's like, you know, the kids that come in, shout me out. Can you check out my YouTube channel? Can I put my SoundCloud? Right. You know, it's 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 where we are. It's 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 bred the idea of people want success now. So they'll do what they need to try and get success now. Sure. Like you said, brave new world. Nope. Brave new world. You got anything else? I think that's it, man. I think that's it. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Boom the Night. Please make sure that you come and check us out on Thursdays, uh, either on Mixer and or Twitch. We're both, wherever we're streaming at that <laughs> dependent day, at Mixer or Twitch dot com or tv slash dot dot whatever dot, dot, dot slash nighttide and my boomstick and then also make sure that you're following us on twitter and instagram nighttide and my boomstick and please make sure that you are are liking and favoriting the boom of the night podcast wherever it is that you are listening whether it be spotify itunes google podcasts or wherever we love you leave reviews all. if you can yes leave reviews if you can it's all amazing and again being here Thursday at the live show does net you the, the privilege, the absolute privilege of being the first to comment and ask questions and have us answer them live right here within the stream. So we thank you so Especially, much. Oh, you suck. Right. I mean, I'll take, we'll take constructive criticism. I'll go hire a coach. And then I, I'm, then I'm usually like, dad, I told you quit coming to my shows. It, it is what it is. That's it guys. We love your faces. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.